Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of Twin Talk MN. Today, we'll be starting off with Bryce Harper's proposal for the MLB season. Last week, you heard on this podcast that Bryce Harper said he wants his money, and he wants it when he deserves it. So, when the MLB told him that he should stop worrying about the season, he said, I am going to worry about the season, and he made this interesting proposal. Here is exactly what it says. Start the season at the beginning of July. Off day every two weeks on Sunday and Monday. Seven inning doubleheaders every day. And 30 players on the roster with six starting pitchers. He is flexible about those two things, but he thought they were important to add. That's pretty much the big picture of it. He also has many details about the playoffs, but that is still five months out. And he doesn't really want to worry about that right now. Andrew, what do you think of Bryce's proposal? Well, personally, I feel that Bryce Harper has never... He doesn't... His job isn't to make proposals. His job is to play baseball, get money, get paid, go home. Yes, I do think it was fun of him to tell them, here's what I want, here's what I think we should do. But if I was an MLB owner, I wouldn't really want to go with this. I would say, let's think it over. Maybe use some things like... The off days or, like, um, the player count or, like, the doubleheader thing. But, like, I just think that, like, this is not his job. This is not what he does for a living. There are people who make a schedule for a living. They get paid to do exactly what he just did. And, I mean, hey, if we're talking about money, where's their money? We need them to start writing out schedules and for them start getting ideas just like this. Very true. I agree The Bryce Harper. It is good to share his opinion. He told them what he thinks, but I do agree that that's not his job. He should worry about what he needs to worry about, and the schedule makers should worry about what they need to worry about. Well, let's see what happens in the end. We will. Now, very important topic, in, at least in my eyes, is the NFL draft a couple of weeks ago. The Green Bay Packers had a very good season last year behind Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. But the Packers said Apparently, their Hall of Fame quarterback wasn't good enough. So, they traded up to get Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. Fine. Think that was a good decision? I think it was a terrible decision. Idiotic. They traded up to get the only... That team needs a lot. There are two positions on that team that they don't need. Number one, quarterback. They take him in the first round. Number two, running back. They take that in the second round. How dumb can you get? They lost tons of good wide receivers, and all they've left is just Devontae Adams, who, don't get me wrong, is a top five receiver, but he can't do it all himself. And many people thought the Packers, when people heard that the Packers had traded up to the number 26 pick, people thought, oh, they're definitely going after a wide receiver. But what did they do? A quarterback. A quarterback. What? And not even an amazing one. Fine. If you have your pick at the end of the first round, and if he's still open, fine. Take him. I don't love it, but fine. But trading up. Trading up to get a guy you don't even need. I don't get it, and Andrew, do you get it all? Because I certainly don't. Yeah, I just do not understand it. I mean, fine. Maybe you have Matt LaFleur trying to recreate when he drafted Aaron Rodgers when no one thought that was smart, and when he had Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. But I mean, in that time, Brett Favre was, like, starting to decline. 
Yes, he was still playing Hall of Fame level football, but right now, Aaron Rodgers hasn't even been getting worse. Last season, I think he got better from the season before. Why do you go out and take a replacement? Does not make sense. Last year, he had a 62% completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, threw for over 4,000 yards, and only threw four interceptions. That sounds like amazing numbers to me. And Jordan Love kind of struggled last year. In our eyes, a dumb pick. But I guess we'll see if it pays off. Yeah, we will. Now, a couple of changes to the NFL season have been made in the last couple of months. But the NFL has posed a very, a very interesting proposal to the players' union. So, at the end of the game, when a team needs the ball back very quickly, and they're only down by a couple of touchdowns, they go for an onside kick, where the kicker sort of kicks, uh, kicks the ball for a squibbly into a different, into the other team's hands. Seems, and if they can try to catch the ball after, I think it's ten feet, ten, ten yards, ten yards and they can recover it, or the other team bobbles it, and then the kicking team catches it, or t- gets the ball, then they get it. But that's almost impossible. It barely ever happens. It's only happened a couple times in a very, very long time. Yeah, so the NFL is saying that the team that wants to onside kick gets the ball at their own 25. It's 4th and 15. If you get the first down, you get the ball, and you can keep continuing down the field. But if... You miss the 4th and 15, and let's say you get sacked um, for 2 yards. Then the other team has the ball at your 22-yard line. And they will probably score a touchdown pretty quickly, which turns out really bad for your team. So that's really, really risky. Vine, if you were a player, what would you vote on this? Well, I think this is really, really interesting. There's a lot, a lot more risk. Normally on a normal onside kick, if you miss it, the other team gets the ball at midfield. Now, if you miss this... The other team gets the ball at your 20-yard line. But now, if it's a lot easier to get it. It's a lot easier to get 15 yards than to kick the ball 10 full yards and do extremely skilled professionals that have been trained all they're trained to do is just catch a ball and not drop it. And that only happens once in a great, 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 great while. Usually once per season or even less than that. And this new onside kick thing where they have the ball at their own 25, Yeah, it'll be challenging, but I wouldn't be shocked if it happens in the first game, maybe, if they do vote this in. Andrew, what do you think? Well, yes, I agree. But if I was a player, I would really, if I was a player, even if I was the kicker, I would not, I would want this to get passed. And I would want the ball in my quarterback's hands or in my running back's hands. Not not the other team's hands. Yep. We'll see. Another thing up for discussion is minority head coaches. This is a very interesting topic that we will probably discuss later. The NFL currently has only four minority head coaches. Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Anthony Wynn of the Los Angeles Chargers, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, and Ron Rivera of the Washington Redskins. That's only four out of a total of, I believe, 32 coaches. Of Out of only 32 coaches. That's only one-eighth, which is not very good. That is very bad for the week in saying that minority head coaches and that minority um, coaches are not treated fairly. They are not being treated fairly. And there are only two minority general managers, Chris Greer of the Dolphins and Andrew Berry of the Cleveland Browns. As you heard, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins and who is their head coach and Chris Greer, 
their general manager. They're both minority people, which really looks gives the Dolphins a whole new light. But it really makes you think about what will happen. But what the NFL is thinking about is if a team has a minority head coach or general manager, they could get added money, draft picks, or less travel or more home games. Andrew, do you think the NFL is right to do this? I think the NFL is okay to propose this, okay? I'm not mad about this proposal. But what I want to know is that will teams, if this gets passed, will teams stop firing coaches such as like Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan who are white males, but they are very, very good coaches. Will they stop hiring minority coaches just for that tiny bit of money, tiny bit of travel, tiny bit of graphics? I want to know. It'll be very, very interesting meeting. The coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, and many of these other minority head coaches are some of the best in the league. Mike Tomlin has led his team to countless playoffs and many, many large wins and brought up one of the best quarterbacks in Ben Roethlisberger. I can't believe... I'm surprised that people would say that he's not good enough just because he's a minority head coach. Yeah, in my opinion, I don't care if my head coach or GM is a man or a woman. Black, white, African-American, or American. I just want them to help me win games. That's all I want. Yep, now, that's really most important. Just winning games. We talked about yesterday how soccer has started opening up mostly in Germany. But some other sports, even in America, have started saying they may want to go back. Golf and hockey are the main two. Now, golf is, in my opinion, a very easy sport to come back on. It's a very slow sport, and it requires no contact. It is also outside. Everyone can move and stay apart if they need to. They could cut down on caddies. <coughs> and it seems like it's also outside, and it feels like the and it could come back very easily, and it wouldn't be really that bad. What I think is interesting is that when things started canceling, I was very surprised that golf decided to cancel. But when reporters asked golf officials why they decided to cancel, their main reason was, if there's no fans, we won't play. Which I think is the dumbest thing. If players have the opportunity to earn money, play, and have fun playing golf and really get better at it, why not just do it just because you're missing some fans? If it's a sport like college football or NFL football where fans are crazy and it changes the game so much, fine. Maybe don't play without fans. But in golf, the fans are usually just standing there doing light claps when a person gets a hole-in-one from like 200 yards away. It's not like fans change the game. Yeah, I guess it is cool to have no people are watching you, but... If golf played, they'd be the only sport on, like, every single channel in the world. And so many people, so many more people would be watching if they joined. But they're saying without fans, they don't want to play, which I disagree with, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't get that. Now, over the MLB offseason, one team that got a lot better were the Chicago White Sox. They already had Tim Anderson, Eloy Menes, and Lucas Giolito, but they also added Dallas Keuchel, Edward Encarnacion, Yasmani Grandal, which I think were very, very good pickups. Now, Ryan, do you think the White Sox can have a better season than the last season? Yeah, I definitely think they can. They have starting pitcher Lucas Giolito, who last year was lights out, having tons and tons of strikeouts. And this year, I think he'll only get better. Their pitching staff 
is amazing. They have amazing pitchers with Dallas Keuchel, Ivan Nova, and Lucas Giolito. <coughs> they also have amazing power hitter now, Edwin Encarnacion. They also have the player who led the league in um, batting average last year, in Tim Anderson, possibly the top catcher in the league, Yasmani Grandal, and many other large superstars. I think they might even be better than the Twins this year. They might even win our division. Andrew, how far do you think the White Sox can go this year? Well, I see the White Sox maybe having a chance to win our division. But I'd say, just like the Twins, they cannot compete with big businesses like the Astros or the Yankees. Yes, they could win our division. But in our division, none of the teams are, like, amazingly good. I mean, fine. The White Sox have some pretty good players and some All-Stars. So the Twins. So the Indians. But I just do not see us competing with the best teams in the AL. I agree. I think the White Sox have a ceiling on them, as do the Twins. And I think it'll be interesting to see how far up they can really push that ceiling. But I think in the end, that ceiling might just end up collapsing. Well, another sport that might come back soon is hockey. They are voting that they want to return very, very quickly soon. Because they feel that their sport um, really should, um, should really come back soon. Andrew, do you think that is smart of them to come back so soon? I think that that is an okay idea to come back. Now, yes, it's a very big contact sport. And you're usually like banging bodies with people and hitting yourself on the glass. But, I mean, you are in a full body suit and wearing gloves and... You don't even touch the puck. The only person that really touches the puck is the goalie. And they're already wearing, like, gloves like a mitt or something. So I feel like it's okay to play. But I'd say it'll just matter, like, in the locker room. And, like, after showers. Like, can fans be there in the money? Well, I kind of disagree. I don't think hockey should return. They're playing inside in a very, very small area. And it's a huge contact sport. Yes, players are wearing a mask. But it's not like the mask that people are wearing each day. Most average people are wearing masks that are right on their face. But the hockey players are just wearing a mask two or three feet away from their face that blocks them from getting hurt. I don't think that's really the mask that's going to keep the coronavirus out. Now, maybe they could switch those masks where they get really, really on the face. But I guess we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, that's true. Another thing that the, um, something that's really important today is the birthday of Tracy McGrady. He is one of the best players in NBA history. Yeah, Tracy McGrady was an amazing player. He averaged 20 points per game in his career, shot 45% and 33% from three-point range, and 75% on free throws. He played really, really well for the Magic and was probably their best player of all time. He played pretty well for the Rockets, but didn't play extremely well. And he played decently well for the Raptors, but wasn't really that amazing for them. He won the scoring title in 2002 and the 2003 season, and he won one other scoring title in his career. He also won the NBA Most Improved Player because he really, really turned around his career on the Magic. He was really one of the greatest NBA players of, the, of NBA history, and it is, and again, a happy birthday to Tracy McGrady. This is our fourth episode of Twin Talk MN. Our next episode will be this coming Saturday on May 30th. And again, you're listening to Twin Talk MN.